0: The Voyages of Tim Vetter Podcast, episode number 53. I'm going to do a solo one today. I haven't done one of these in a while, but I did just get back from a trip to LA, Joshua Tree National Park, where? The Salton Sea, and Slab City. So I'm going to be talking about all of those things today. First off, I have a Patreon account now. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash the voyages of Tim Vedder. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's essentially a crowdsourcing tool, a crowdfunding tool in which you enroll in a monthly subscription. It could be something as simple as 50 cents a month, a dollar, five dollars, anything upwards from there. And you get access to some exclusive content, but you're also greatly, greatly assisting the podcast. All of that money will go directly into the podcast for production, for artwork, or for funding any of the experiences that I have that I record and put out to the world. Uh, if you can afford to give something, anything, I'd be greatly appreciative of that. If you can't, I love you just as much. I appreciate everyone that listens to the podcast. So, yeah, go over to patreon.com slash thevoyagesatimvetter to and help out if you can. What else is new? Hmm, well, I had Rolf Potts on here two episodes ago. Rolf just put out a book called Souvenir. It's a short book. Uh, it's pretty great, though. He, he has... I don't know. You might think that that might be kind of like a mundane topic. But he has such a way of like pouring his love of things into his writing. And this thing happens to be Souvenir. So it's a great book. Uh, he was a fantastic guest and he's He's been great to me. like he invited me to this book release event and afterwards there was an after party apartment that I went to, and there were professors and travelers and people talking about Namibia and Cuba. and everybody's just hanging out talking and sharing drinks and sharing travel experiences. and it was ugh, it was really cool. I got to meet Ari Shafir who I've been trying to get in contact with for quite some time, and maybe you'll hear him on here soon. Um, so yeah, that was a really cool event. Go check out Ralph's book souvenir. What else? Did I talk about Mexico? No, I don't think I did. I don't know. Maybe I'll save that. Ah, It'll probably come up a little bit later. Actually. I got something I want to talk about, but all right. Um, yeah, we're like deep in the heart of second winter here in New York where it snowed like three days in spring already, and it hasn't gotten warm yet. And some of us are still like really pacey white because we haven't seen a lot of sun. And we've been in fluorescent lights for 10 hours a day, and we need to get away. And so I needed to get away. So I had a conversation with Willie B, who's been a reoccurring character on this podcast, and we decided to hit up a national park the blah, blah, blah. Those are words, right? Blah, blah, blah. This is the fourth park, I think, that we've gone to together. We share a real similar sense of OCD in that uh, we like choosing something that we like and then taking off the boxes, right? So national parks, states, countries, baseball stadiums. Uh, once we get into something, we try to experience it to the fullest. So we've been... Uh, Taking all those things off. I've got a sneeze stuck. That's why I'm kind of like choppy here. I don't think it's coming out. Is it? No. Okay. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Okay. So we went to Joshua Tree. So I flew into LA. And um, like I said, I just needed a reset. There's a great book called Blue Mind by uh, Wallace J. Nichols. And it's all about the physiological, psychological effects of bodies of water and oceans. And there's even a part in there like Green Mind about forestry and other aspects of nature. Uh, But just like the incredible beneficial factors of those things. And just just the sun too, people. Like, man, we haven't had some sun here in a while in New York. So Uh, this was a, a, a welcomed reset. So I flew into L.A., I had the idea that I would be doing podcast episodes out in LA, and uh, particularly I wanted to talk to someone in Slab City. But when I get to the airport and my bag comes down the bag drop thing, what do they call that? Pickup? Not pickup. Pickup, right? Baggage, baggage claim. When it comes down the baggage claim slide thing, wow, well, Tim, you're smart. When it comes down that, all the side pockets in my bag are open and the top flap is open. Mm. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they searched my bag. That does happen, and you get the little note inside that says, you know, we searched your bag, whatever, thank you, we are TSA. Uh, but no, that wasn't it. I had a bunch of stuff stolen. So my mic cords were taken, um, and my gym clothes, and all my shorts. So... I mean, maybe you needed that stuff more than me. I don't know why you took that stuff and not the Zoom, because the Zoom's the most expensive thing, but I'm glad you didn't. Uh, But I'm also glad that I worked out. Don't ask me why I I still packed them, but I worked out in those clothes the night before, so they didn't smell good. Yeah, maybe I was going to wash them before I worked out out west. But yeah, I get a little bit of pleasure knowing that uh, those shorts might smell like butt, so... Uh, yeah, didn't record any episodes out there because everything that well, not everything I needed, but some of the things I needed were stolen. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, okay, so Will rented a car and he picked me up at the airport, and we drove out to 29 Palms. Now, my sister used to live in 29 Palms for two years. I'm sorry to say I did not visit you, so. Apologize for that, but I think you'll probably forgive me because there's not a lot there. So Twenty Nine Palms is north of Joshua Tree Park. There's also the town of Joshua Tree. There's also Yucca Yucca Valley, right? Yeah, Yucca Valley up there. And the first thing I wanted to do was try to find some new shorts, and there's like there there's nothing, man. There there's thrift stores, but a lot of them have like the thrift wares are. Uh, like furniture and things like that, and like home goods and that kind of stuff. So there was a Walmart, which was like a 20-ish minute drive. Um, But yeah, I didn't get shorts. It's not, you know, the towns there, it's it's not like a a culinary destination. You know, it's not a place where you're going to go and learn about the great history of a place or have these cultural elements. But where I had been kind of judgmental in the beginning, I came around sort of and saw the charm in it. Uh, In a way, way the towns feel really American to me. Now, some people have to be there. I think there's a naval, well, not I think. I know there's a naval base where people are are stationed. But for the folks that are kind of choosing to be there, it, it seems like a life that affords you certain freedoms... Um, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of money there, but it does seem like a place where you can live in the way that you want to. And if you want to live away from mass crowds of people, you can, or, um, I mean, it seems like a place where you can reflect, where you can create. There's some artist communities there. Um, there are people living out like literally in the desert. And um, I I just came around. I saw I saw the charm in that. After a few days, we stayed in an Airbnb. There are a ton out there. Like some there's some real funky stuff, it, ranging from uh, like trailer stays to uh, real like nice places with pools and stuff like that, which we couldn't afford. But um, we had like a lower to mid range mid range. I guess lower, eh, no, we're not talking like hostile prices, but I guess mid-ranged uh, Airbnb, which was really nice. It's called Desert's Day. They have some social media, so you could check them out. But not fenced in, so the neighbor's dogs are coming by, and um, it's got a fire pit, so we were making fires at night, and the sky is just so amazing out there because it's not crowded. There's not street lights. You're in the You're in the desert, man. I mean, it's even cooler in the park. Because we're, you know, there's some noise from uh, neighbors and things like that. But gorgeous! Oh my gosh! After a day, I felt brand new. Uh, the sound travels there like insanely at night. So there were dogs barking, there were uh, coyotes howling and stuff like that, and then some like crittery nocturnal stuff like scurrying around. I don't know if they were foxes or like desert rats or whatever. Which kind of freaked us out sitting around the fire at night, I'm going to be honest with you. But uh, just a gorgeous place. Like pretty hot during the day. And I was reading that it can get up to like 120, like holy crap in the summer. But uh, no, maybe like 80s while we were there during the day. And really dry. It was interesting, like going for runs out there in the desert. But um, all right, so the park itself. Pretty different from the other parks that I've been to in that you kind of have to have a car. Um, I guess there's actually a lot of parks like that. But not everything is connected. So there are shuttles like there are at most or all maybe. I haven't been to all, but maybe all national parks. So you could do that. But we chose to drive to get to some of like the really cool spots you have to drive. Uh, one of those being Keys View which overlooks the San Andreas Fault. And I think you can see the Salton Sea. There's a body of water that you can see out there. And uh, the mountains, some people say you can see all the way to the border of Mexico. Uh, with my untrained eye, I couldn't really figure that out. But it is pretty close to Mexico. When you when we went down to the Salton Sea, you actually have to pass through on your way back up uh, a border security monitoring station or something like that. I don't know what it was, but uh yeah. Really cool park. I mean obviously made famous by the fact that it has Joshua trees. I think maybe U2 helped with that. They had an album Joshua Tree. I don't really get U2. Do you get U2? You I don't know. Maybe I need to try to listen to them more. But Lots of really awesome stuff that you can climb. I felt like a kid again, man. And I'm not talking about actual climbing where you're scaling like a slick, steep uh, side of a mountain, which there was a lot of that. But Will and I have no um, what would you even call it training? Yeah, I mean we're, we're we're not rock climbers. But we climbed a lot of stuff and got real high, and I felt like a kid, man. Like I'm a thirty year thirty one year old kid. When I was a kid, we used to play this stupid game where we would just throw stuff into trees and then go get it. Yeah, I know, I know, it's like suburban boredom, I guess. But we would throw stuff into trees and then like climb the trees and get it. And I was having, <laughs> I was having flashbacks to that man. Um, some really cool views, like Arch Rock, is real cool. I actually thought everything on the trails around Arch Rock were even cooler, um, but. What I loved about it was that there weren't people everywhere. We went like Easter Passover weekend, so maybe that's why. Maybe it gets real crowded. Although it did say all the campsites were full, but there weren't people like everywhere. Nowadays, I mean, first of all, travel's so popular now because it's so, it's so much more easily accessed. But then you also have the social media thing which I'm guilty of, trust me, if you go to my, my Instagram page right now, it's all Joshua Tree stuff. But everybody knows like the cool views and the cool spots and the cool sites nowadays because everything's been blogged about, everything's been talked about. So a lot of places you go in the world, like you're waiting in line to even just not even take a picture at a thing, but just to see a thing because people want to take pictures there. But until we got to Slab City... I did. We did not experience that at Joshua Tree. Um, no huge crowds. Uh, got to, you know, have alone time where we would climb up to the top of this really cool rock structure and then just hang out up there and get sun and think or talk a little bit with each other and, you know, talk about life and where we're at and where we're going and stuff like that. Man, I'm sounding cheesier and cheesier as I get older, but... Ah, um, oh, it was beautiful. It was a welcome welcome relief from city living Uh, things to check out when you're there I mean everyone goes to Skull Rock because they like to take a picture there I didn't think that was that cool Uh, Arch Rock is cool climbing that is real scary getting to the top of that and walking across it is uh, frightening Um, like I said Keys View there's some mines there I don't know what they used to mine for but apparently, every once in a while, like someone will fall into one, or someone will wander off into the desert, d- totally underestimating the heat, not have enough water, and disappear, and people die. There was that story recently. Uh, this is this one's awful, but I guess a guy and his girlfriend were out there, and I don't know why they had a gun, but uh, they were found, both killed. And based on forensics evidence, and then just I guess the uh, assumption that they had wandered off, gotten lost, and then did sort of a like a a mercy death kind of thing because they were going to die.. Ugh. There's also people that do a lot of psychedelics out there, and I think <laughs> I think wander off into the desert. So I could totally see how you could get lost out there and how how quickly you can dehydrate. It, phew, We underestimated, like, how much water we would have needed. But we didn't do any of, like, the real crazy hikes. Just a couple miles here and there. Um, Recommend going in the morning and at night. The way that the sun plays off of the different textures and elevations and how it illuminates everything is amazing. So get up real early to catch the sun. Here in New York, the sun's out earlier. I think it uh, sunrise was like seven o'clock there. The sunrise and the sunset are just amazing. Um, the way it throws like pink and orange over everything, the way it peeks through the rocks, and ah, uh, it's awesome. And then stay for stay for the stars at night because I want to go back and camp there. All the like I said, all the campsites were full, but some of the campsites are, are at the start. Or or next to trails, and oh man, imagine just like waking up and, and, and walking the half mile from the campsite to to, to Arch Rock. I want to go back. California is so cool too. In that like, for the last day within the course of a day, I'm going from from a national park, which is desert, but to another desert, which is an old uh, marine base, to Anaheim, to L.A. And just all the different, like, microclimates. I mean, when you're, when you're at Joshua Tree, you're not terribly far from Death Valley. That might be what's coming. I've been teasing at something for a while about a big change that's coming. I'm going to talk about that real soon. But I would love to just go around to all the parks in a van. Or, yeah, yeah, and do the van thing. A while back I had a girl in her van, Alex. Uh, but I would love to do that. Um... Yeah, so Joshua Tree. Check it out. Pretty different from the other parks I've been to. I know that there are others that are are in a desert setting, but haven't been there yet. Okay. So the next place that I wanted to go to was the Salton Sea. Now, I am probably going to butcher some of the history and the actual ecology of this, but I believe that the low-lying area... Um, in the, what is it, Imperial County? Yeah. I believe that the rivers have always fed there, but that in the early 1900s, there were canals made into the Colorado River uh, to prevent it flowing in a certain direction, and the canals were overwhelmed, and all of this water f- um, flooded into this area. I think the, that the Salton State itself is like 19 miles. It is huge. Like You're driving along it for a real long time. And I think it is also still a national park area. But in the 50s and 60s, this was a huge tourist destination. And the areas around it, there's Salton City, I think it's called, and then Bombay Beach, which we went to. They were these resort destinations with property that was was selling quite well. And, you know... Snowbirds going down there, and there was uh, boating and swimming and jet skiing and things like that. Now, the salinity, the salt content of the water is higher than that of the Pacific Ocean. So the salinity was rising. All of the the very fertile farmland around there were using pesticides and fertilizers and things like that. That runoff ran into the water. I think that also helped raise the the salt content polluted the water. So it's horribly polluted. There's all these algae blooms in there and hardly anything can live in it now. So I believe it was by the 1970s that that water was uninhabitable and unvisitable by tourists. And so you then have a dying industry into a completely dead, deader than dead industry now. So there's not much that can live in the water. I believe that, uh, certain type of genetically modified tilabia can live in it, but it's dead. It's death. So when you get there, and there being Bombay Beach, um, there's not much there. There's a store, like a grocery. It's not really a grocery. It's kind of like a little bigger than like a New York bodega, but like a little bigger than like a corner store. Maybe Maybe it's like two corner stores put together. Uh, but certainly not the type of a large grocery store that you'd expect of a place, and there's nothing really close to it either. So I guess if you're going to buy stuff, you're you're traveling a half hour or more, and maybe I guess you go to Palm Springs. I don't know, but uh, a lot of abandoned houses, boarded up houses, uh, houses where you know artists have now moved in and are creating these installations. A lot of it critical of. Um, sort of the failures of the area, um, a lot of it kind of making a statement about the area. You can check out my my Instagram for that for some of the crazy pictures. But um, so some artists have moved in, and then there's still people that live there. Uh, it's rusted out. It's kind of sun bleached, and maybe the salt too it has like bleached everything. And it looks pretty impoverished. I don't want to you know insult or demonize anyone that's there but I'm, I'm not sure why you would choose to stay unless you didn't have the means to leave. Uh, the largest reason being that the smell is constant and overpowering, man. It is, it's a sewage death rotting smell, and it gets only more intense as you get closer to the water. Willie B threw up. Willie B threw up in his mouth. But the beach is white, and it's not white because it's like, oh, beautiful white sand beaches. It is, it's death, man. It is uh, bones. So the, the, the beach is littered with bones, with feathers, with rotting fish, fish carcasses, and obviously fish are prone to smelling anyway, but rotting fish out in the desert sun, it's brutal, man. And everything there like the uh, pieces of, of, of plywood or, or driftwood and old masts that look like they were holding up maybe a boardwalk or a deck or something like that, they're all corroded and caked with like this gunk. It's like, it, it, it looks like like a, like a half-melted candle or something that is like, it's got like pancake batter all over it or something. And it, I guess it's, I guess it's, salt and gunk from the water but the water has receded a lot and dried up and it's a crazy place man it's like it it's almost it's almost a a fitting like Mad Max type of a scene as you make your way even further south down into Slab City it's a place like nothing I've ever witnessed or experienced you no, know, and a lot of people do go there to, you know, use that as a setting for pictures and stuff like that. Felt kind of weird and maybe, like, even kind of bad driving around through Bombay Beach because, yeah, there are people there and some of them are sitting on the porch and watching you as you're kind of watching them. That's, like, a, that's, I guess that's always a weird thing about traveling around, but uh, it's, like, the, it, the reason that people go there now is to see it and, like, see destruction. Uh, wild. Really wild. Some of the art installations are pretty cool. Oh, what is her Instagram handle? I can multitask, but uh, Travel... I'll get this now. Travel On an episode of... I first heard of her on an episode of Tangentially Speaking with Chris Ryan, who wrote Sex at Dawn. Uh, Travel Z-A-Z-Z is her Instagram handle. But she was on an episode of his... And so I knew of her name, I had already been following her on social media, and she had an art installation at Bombay Beach, which is all these doves. Um, Maybe I'll put a picture of that up. Oh, she's got a website too, Sarah Kate Larson. So Sarah Kate, K-A-T-E, Larson, with an E, dot com. Maybe I'll check that out while I'm talking to you, world. What's on her website? Oh yeah, installations and murals, art. (laughs) Go figure. So, yeah, that's really cool. But she had an installation up like right on the beach. Uh, there's like this, like something that looks like a shipwreck. So, it's all this driftwood that was put together to resemble a ship and some cool stuff there. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, kind of heartbreaking, kind of crazy, and totally, totally worth checking out. It's not a place where you're going to, you know, s- set up shop, set up camp, and stay there for a while, probably, um, unless you are an artist that's looking to create some art there. But um, interesting place, and I want to reiterate: Willie B threw up because he's soft. Okay. the The last place that we went as we traversed down south was Slab City. So I had first heard about Slab City when I watched Into the Wild. I think that he, I think I saw that. Uh, I had to be like twenty one or twenty two, maybe, and in that the Chris McCandless character, I don't think it was in the book. I did read it, but I don't recall Slab City being in the book. But he stops at Slab City, and it is essentially, again, I'm giving you very limited history here, people, so please don't kill me. Um, an old marine base that I think started closing down in the mid-1900s, I think even like late 1940s, 1950s, and so there's a lot of concrete that's already out there. There's also like a giant power plant that generates power for that area. But it's essentially people who are choosing to live off the grid. It is uh, plywood shacks, like little little shanties and uh, trailers and tents. And people who are living off the grid by their rules – out in the desert, out in the concrete that is adjacent to the desert. It's quite extreme, but it's a place that kind of matched my young idealism when I was younger and kind of had that punk ethos to it, and so I wanted to see it. Now, in Into the Wild, the one thing that's heavily featured is Salvation Mountain, I wrote down the gentleman's name because I could not remember. But um, what's his name? Tim, where did you put this? I don't know. Uh, You're crazy. Oh, there it is. Okay, Leonard Knight. Sorry, folks. So Leonard Knight, over the course of two decades, built up Salvation Mountain, which is one of the first things you see when you enter Slab City. And it's full of Bible verses and it's essentially like a tribute to to Jesus, which is a fitting thing for us to do, I guess, right around Easter. And um, yeah, I had I was like fascinated by this and this idea and this imagery when I saw this in Into the Wild. Now I'm older and like some of my idealism has like been kind of eroded or 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 chipped away with, with time and maturity, maybe. Maybe I'm just a sellout. I don't know, but eh, it was a little off-putting. So the thing itself is is amazing and is is it's just kind of so so wacky, but at the same time, it's like it totally. I I respect his passion for this. It seems a little crazy of a thing to do, but it's it is amazing and unique. But it was packed full of people that drove there to take pictures on it. And, I mean, I'm guilty too, right, because I took pictures, so maybe I have no right to judge people. But there were, were like, women stripping down into bathing suits, and this one woman had, like, a giant bubble-blowing device. And they were taking pictures for their Instagram accounts and, like, multiple takes and things like that. And I was just like, this sort of feels counter to what this thing is supposed to represent and kind of killed Salvation Mountain for me. Yeah. Like screaming and crying kids and then all the people trying to, to just do multiple takes and shots to get the right one for their blog or their this or their that. And, uh, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it's cool to see and worth seeing and again, like what right do I have to tell someone not to do what they want to do with it when I was doing what I wanted to do at it? Uh, but I certainly wasn't walking around in the bathing suit trying to get like a glamour shot. I don't know, man. But if you go down the road more, down the dirt road, you pass homes, like there's people selling stuff. Some of them like, you know, range from like desert rocks to uh, T-shirts to repurposed materials and things like that to artwork. You can buy some stuff um, and, you know, I assume that's a lot of folks' main source of income that are out there. But there's a a whole art installation piece called um, East Jesus. Now, there's a real famous art installation, which is all these TVs with stuff written on it, like Obey Your Master and fake news and things like that. I've got some pictures of it on my Instagram account. And I think East Jesus also has an Instagram account. But... Um yeah it really cool really bizarre um I I'll say this I was a little bit put off by the whole slab city experience again maybe it's because I'm older and becoming a curmudgeon of sorts but my initial reaction was one of judgment um, first for the stuff that I talked about at, uh, Salvation Mountain, but then also at East Jesus, which was f- far less visited than Salvation Mountain was like, there were uh, far fewer people there, but one of the the main guys at the entrance, like they, they were talking about us, like giving them donations, which maybe is fair. You know, it's people that built up all this stuff and I'm just, I'm going to enjoy it and not paying. So maybe that's fair but at the same time, like one of the guys was making fun of me and I'm not, I'm not trying to be overly sensitive or anything like that, but it just felt, I don't know. It felt like, yeah, I understand why you would want to be here, but at the same time you guys feel real judgmental of everyone else. And okay, but what's the great thing that you're doing here? You know, um, Does that make sense? I'm talking to myself here, but does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I felt in a sense like, yeah, maybe you guys need to grow up a bit. Or like I still feel like I have a lot of this ethos, but I can incorporate it into a life that's more productive and meaningful. But whatever, man. Like who am I to judge, I guess. On my way home... I read uh, at the time, I guess I read a bulk of a book that I I read. I finished when I got home that I'll link to, and that's called Freshwater. And it was incredible. First of all, so I'm going to link to a lot of the stuff that I've talked about in this episode, as I always do. But in it, the main character is essentially inhabited by gods of sort, by these spirits, right? Possessed in a sense. Um, Rooted in Nigerian culture, history, and religion. And within that, the main character, who I think is largely autobiographical, is talking about, you know, when people would do bad things to her, some of them quite awful, uh, but negative things. And then she would always note after that, but how could that person help themselves for they're merely a human, you know? Like that's, that's what humans do. Humans are messy and sloppy and nuanced and complex and very easily judged. But if you peel away the layers, like you'll find a lot more than what's on the surface. So, uh, maybe that's more of a romantic way of looking at Slab City now, but that sort of softened like the rough edges of the opinion that I had initially when I went there. And I thought like, Hey man, that's just, that's just humans doing human stuff. You know, I feel all the time fed up with the congestion of the city, of the rush hour on the subway, of the constant beaming of fluorescent lights in ten hours in a in, in my office, in a in a building, in a school, in a whatever. And so I I do still have that, hey man, I'd love to get away type of a feeling. Um so, yeah, Slab City, sorry for the initial judgment. Crazy, crazy place. Uh, unlike anything I think that you'll ever see. And again, like, very American in a sense that, hey, that's someone's choice to live that way and they have the autonomy to make that choice. Whether they whether they sink or swim with it, you know, I don't think that it's an easy life living out there. Again, there's there's not a lot of money. Uh, there's a barter economy and, and not only a barter economy, but there is a barter economy and, you know, not a whole lot of the comforts of living within society, but maybe a greater peace of mind. So yeah, it's a very American thing to me. I mean, if you think like, um, that's sort of in. Im- within the very short history or cultural identity of what it is to be an American, right? Coming here to live a life in the way that you want, or at least that's the dream. So really interesting place, close to the Salton Sea. You can knock them both out in a day. Not far from, I think, the closest Mexican city is Mexicali. So yeah, lots of cool stuff that you can do within a short time span. We hit up... L.A., obviously, on our way back. So we first went through Anaheim. Will's a big brewery guy, Willie B. So we went to Golden Roads, which was awesome. They have two spots in L.A., but we stopped in Anaheim just because, I don't know, why did we do that? I think it was a traffic thing. We were like, eh, I don't want to sit in traffic. So Golden Roads is an awesome brewery space, great beer, real good food. They have everything from like cornhole to darts to ping pong and stuff like that. Um, Felt a little bit like home actually. Like uh, not too far from me is a place called Greenwood, which is right on Greenwood Ceremony. There's Greenwood Cemetery Ceremony. Cemetery and Greenwood Park. So that was cool. And then I've been to LA a few times. I alluded to this early, but most recently... I guess like I can talk about this, but have I talked about this? God, my memory's bad. Um, but I work in a school, we did sign non-disclosures, but it's over and I won't, okay, I won't give any of like the, the uh, behind the scenes stuff, but I work in a school that was on the Ellen Show and then a number of us were able to be part of the audience at a taping of the show. And it was, I, I, am not totally apologize for the, uh, why am I apologizing for that? I don't apologize, but I'm not totally familiar with like talk shows and what happens, but she, she does a, a Christmas giveaway, even though it wasn't Christmas. And we were in the audience for that. So we were able to get a bunch of prizes and things like that. And, Um, I say all this to say that was my last time in LA and that was how I went to Mexico most recently because she sent us there. So, uh, thank you to Ellen. But anyway, I say that also to say I've been to LA a bunch of times, but this time I, I I checked off two firsts for the first time. So the first one is Amoeba Music. Amoeba Music is a record store that has tons of records, still has CDs, shirts, books, some other memorabilia, and you can, you can spend hours there, like just, just sifting through crates, not really crates, but kind of crate sized boxes of LPs, just tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. Yeah. I felt like I was a kid when I was a kid, there's an awesome comic book store that is, in Smithtown on Long Island, where uh, around the area where I grew up, still there. It's called Fourth World Comics. is probably the best comic book store on Long Island, maybe in New York. It's an awesome place. And my dad and I would go every Saturday when, like, the new comics for the week were already out. He'd pick up Superman, I'd pick up Batman, and I loved just like s- just standing there for you know an hour at a time and sifting through the old back issues and old crates full of comics that they had. And it felt like that, to be just sifting through records, having something pop in your head like, oh, I've never been able to find this one, to checking out stuff that you've never heard of and just sifting, sifting, sifting. So that was, Amoeba Music is awesome. And they have a really awesome YouTube show called What's in My Bag. Um, I think maybe we talked about this with, or we... I talked about this with Brian Audley, who was on this podcast, but um they essentially take a musician and that person goes around the store and picks out a bunch of music that they're gonna buy and then talks about their experiences with that music or why they're gonna get it. So that's called what's in my bag. You can find that on YouTube, check that out. The other thing that we did was go to Koreatown. I love Koreatown in Manhattan. I love going to Flushing to get Korean food. I'm actually going to Flushing tomorrow to interview someone. Um, But I've always heard that Koreatown in LA is awesome, and it is. So Willie B and I went to the Beverly Soon Tofu restaurant in LA, obviously in Koreatown, and that was awesome. Um, It's one of those places that doesn't have a ton of stuff because... They're very good at the things that they do. They have those those tofu stews, which are just absolutely incredible. So we got great food and soju and OB beer. And we kicked off Jesus Rising in, uh, in good fashion. So I definitely recommend going to Koreatown and checking it out. I want to go back and th- there's so many restaurants. Uh, if you have any, let me know too. Uh, and if there's anything else in L.A., That you think I should check out. um, Tell me. That would be awesome. Because I'll be back there soon. I totally forgot to talk about something. So. um, I think I mentioned Pappy and Harriet's right? Good lord. My memory is shot. But. Will and I were driving through. You know. Again. Not really a culinary destination by Joshua Tree. So. Um, we cooked some of our meals at the house that we were staying at and hit up some grocery stores and stuff like that. We really were more concerned with going to the park than trying to find good places to eat. But, um, we passed by a place called Willie Bee's, Willie Bee's, Willie boys, Willie Bee's, my friend. And we were like, Oh my God, like there, there you go. If that's not a, a sign from God, like we have to stop at Willie boys. Cause I got Willie boy with me on this trip. And so we went there. And, you know, it's a a place that also had music and a bar and some food and stuff like that. And the food wasn't, you know, Michelin starred or something like that. But uh, we were lucky in that, like I said, the whole area has a lot of people who are pursuing the arts and doing some funky stuff. There's, what's the, uh, oh, there's there's some like crazy UFO stuff out there. And then there's this amazing place. I don't want to do one of these again, where I'm trying to find what it's called. But there's a this place that was built. I believe, <laughs> I believe that this is the place that the guy said like he received instructions from aliens on how to build it, and it's a place where the sound bounces around it in such an incredible way that they do these like uh, bell ringing and meditation uh, type of experiences there. So there's a lot of like funky, experimental, cool, artistic stuff over there. Um, and we were chatting it up with our bartender at Willie Boys, and I mentioned to him that I had a podcast, and I gave him some stickers and a card and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, man, I got a show too. And he handed me his, cards, his card. And his name is Mike Caravella. I'll link to his stuff in the show notes as well. But he has a show that he does out in the desert called The Out Yonder. Uh, they're much shorter than... You know the podcast episodes that that we that I put out are, but he you know interviews people for ten to fifteen minutes out in the desert, sets up a table, has mics, he he's got video, and it's awesome. So he, his YouTube name is Mikey Forearms. He's I mean, which is like the perfect Brooklyn New York name. He's a guy that was born in East New York. He's sharing stories with us about the the tough old days. Even though it's you know, East New York's still tough, but the tough old days at East New York and um, relocated out to there at some point and did some work in Hollywood and uh, unfortunately, but positively beat it, he had uh, tongue cancer recently. Um, So he relocated to around Joshua Tree and he's tending the bar there having uh, some cool conversations with folks like us and then putting out this really cool show. So check out The Out Yonder and Mikey Forearms. We were talking about doing like a collaborative thing um, I hadn't bought new mic cords yet by that point because again, there was nothing in that area. I went to Walmart, but they didn't have uh, XLR cables, but, uh, yeah, I was going to be on his show. So I'm hoping in the future we can get him on there and, uh, I could swap out and go on his cause he was a cool guy. Has some really cool stories. Like I love those old, old Brooklyn stories and old New York stories. Yeah. I think that's the trip, right? Yeah. I think that's the trip. Okay. So, hopefully, this was enjoyable for you, or you learned some stuff. I got a bunch of things coming up. Um, like I said, tomorrow I'll be out in Queens talking to a guy named Joe DiStefano, who has a book all about Queens and knows a ton about food out there. I think that Queens is, shh, I think it's better than Brooklyn, at least in terms of food. So, it uh, he's a super knowledgeable guy and he'll have some, some cool stuff that we can share with you. So okay, folks, as always, I really appreciate you. Check me out on Instagram at the Voyages of Tim V. Email me at the VoyagesofTimvetter at gmail.com. Go to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash the voyages of Tim Vetter. Greatly appreciate you. And uh, as always, folks, take care of each other. I will catch you next time.